Hey, Johan Yaks, welcome back to the Rambling Viking Podcast, bringing you your weekly sports edition of the pod. And as you can hear, even the robots have got in on the Let's Go Brandon chance. Everyone's cheering for Brandon. I hope him the best. I mean, he's my personal favorite, so... I know it's about 81 million people's uh, personal favorites as well, dead and living, real and fake, uh, legal and illegal, but I didn't say that out loud. Hope you're PDFG, we're going to bring you some midweek sports fun. It is, was another crazy week, and to be honest, I did, because of my weekend schedule, I didn't very, did not watch very much football. I, call, I, saw, I saw some key plays and things like that, but mainly I'm just going off of Final scores. So if you have any notes, please send them in and we'll talk about it. So don't forget, we are doing your minute of fire. That is where you can unleash holy, righteous fire cheering on your team, or you can bring down hellfire from heaven like Sodom and like on Sodom and Gomorrah and absolutely rake your team over the coals for a minute. Just record a voice memo, minute long. Uh, you can do it a couple different ways. Send it in, and I'll we. You can give your minute of fire here on our sports edition of our pod of this of this podcast. So be sure to do that, and I think it'd be a lot of fun. I'll give my minute of fire today. Uh, I'm gonna be rocking solo, but would love for you to chime in with yours. So let's jump into it. Got a lot of stuff actually. We're going to jump into announcements, which really the only announcement is, if you haven't seen it, the Flamin' Hot Fiesta trailer is live. So I've been talking about it for weeks, maybe even into the months category at this point, but the Flamin' Hot Fiesta, which is the tasting drinking of Flamin' Hot Mountain Dew. Yes, you heard that, Flamin' Hot Mountain Dew. And based upon audience suggestions, I finally put together Fiesta and I said, you know what, it's time. It's time to do this. So we did it last week. We filmed it. It is going live this Friday, November 12th. Make sure to catch it on YouTube, and of course, I'll post about it on Instagram and Facebook, but YouTube Rumble are going to be the two places to watch it, uh, because Facebook uploading that something that large, it's about, it's a full-length episode. It is the first video episode of this podcast, first official video episode, and it was a lot of fun. We we got together uh, all the different flaming Hot foods, and kind of just had a flaming Hot Fiesta, or Smorgasbord, to use my Swedish roots. And it was it was so much fun. So go check out the trailer, the little 45-second trailer I made, courtesy of iMovie. <laughs> you can make these awesome, they have these templates for these different kind of movies, and you can just insert the clips. It's pretty entertaining, but I think the trailer is pretty funny. Go check it out. You can ch- Now that is on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you find us. Uh, along with that announcement, there will be no audio version. This is one where, you know, some shows will, will still release the audio, even though they're primarily a video show. This one, I've thought about it, and I could extract the audio and just post the audio, but you're really not going to get anything out of the audio, in my humble opinion. So, this is one that you'll have to watch, or you can just rip the audio yourself, because I think a part of it is is the visual appeal. So, uh, no audio this Friday, only the video uh, that is the Flamin' Hot Fiesta, but mark your calendars, get ready, it's going to be exciting, it was a ton of fun, and I think... I think the results or the verdict on Flamin' Hot Mountain Dew will surprise you. So, okay, for real, for real, time to jump into sports stuff now that we're almost five minutes deep. We'll start out in the college realm, just like you start out in college and then you go pro, or some of us at least, or none of us at least. You know, how it be sometimes. All right, so big week, lots of upsets, and for clarification's sake, some I'm only dubbing, I'm only counting what I would call real upsets, meaning significant rankings difference, not, oh, three played four, three played five, like, I'm going to, I'll bring the question to you, what's the minimum ranking to actually, like, well, technically it's an upset because the lower ranked team won, functionally speaking, I don't consider that an upset, you're both high ranked or you're both ranked near each other, so I want to pose that, that's the question for this episode, what constitutes an upset is it a minimum of three in difference i'd say probably a five five slate difference so if you're you know number one and number six beats you Um, i also think it depends on your ranking right if you're number 20 number 25 beats you i don't know that's debatable i'd still call that a decent upset but like not 
So number one losing to number five is way more significant than number 20 losing to number 25 for obvious reasons. However, still not going to see much movements. I almost want to say like seven, a minimum of seven in difference or ranked to unranked almost. But we have uh, seven true, what I'll call true, and I'll call those pure or true upsets and one technical upset, which... In actuality, that brings up another question. Secondary, so in law, for those of you who don't know, and I'm not a lawyer, but in law you have qualifications. So first, qualification must be met, second, third, and fourth, and whatnot. whatnot. I don't know why I'm going that route. I've been thinking about law lately. but So that would be the first qualification is a ranking, significant ranking difference. Now, secondarily, you could look at the second qualification, which could sub, um, which could override the first qualification if not met. And that would be, Stick with me here. I know this is a lot. Stick with me. That would be if, okay, say number three beats number, or number five beats number three, but number five beats number three of a score of 42 to three. Now that is an upset because that is a blowout and it should be a close game. So then that actually might change my answer now that I, now that I think about it. Let me go back and let's look, folks. Uh, that might change it. Mm, I don't know. Is 20 to three a big enough blowout? I don't, I don't think so considering the rankings. If the rankings were different, I think it depends because you're, you know, your top five and then, and then your top 10 and then so zero to 10 is one thing. 10, 11 to 20 is another and 21, to 25 is, or really even, I'd almost say like 10 or like 15 to 25 is their own wheelhouse. So that's, that's my ratings on it. What, where, where do you see this? I'm obviously overcomplicating and overthinking this, but I'm not because that's what, that is the, the level of analysis you're going to get here on this sports episode, this sports podcast, this sports analysis is the analysis you don't get anywhere else. And that's what we're talking about. So let me know your thoughts. What, What's the ranking difference? And we'll start there. And then what's the what's the score difference got to be for a close ranked one to still be considered a true or pure upset? Let me know. Uh, all that being said, wow, haven't even started talking about scores. So big time stuff. Uh, OSU, Oklahoma State, that is, handled business against West Virginia, beat West Virginia like everyone else should have, like OU should have, 24-3. OSU is proving, which is funny, you go back 10 years – they had no defense. It was all gas, no breaks. Now, they're it's almost flipped. Like their 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 offense is decent this year. It's okay. It's it's get it's gotten better than the first of the year. I went to the second or third game of the season, and it, they really they they had a good first half, and then they just went out of whack in the second half. This one, you got a solid four quarters, and West Virginia, who's been playing people tough and close and have a tough defense. OSU's defense though is is finding that next gear and is the real deal. I will say this. If now this would obviously be impossible, but if OU had the type of defensive play that OSU was playing, no question they would be in the college football playoff. Or vice versa. If you could take some of that power, aka that Caleb Williams power, from Magic over to OSU's offense, I think you'd be talking and some of their and and maybe a Marvin Mims and uh, one or two of their receivers, you'd be talking Either one of them would be a serious contender. But right now, they're each kind of lacking in an area. So I think it's going to make for an awesome Bedlam game in a few weeks. I'm pumped. It's going to be a good one. And as you know, I'm cheering for the best outcome for one of those teams to make it into the college football playoff. So whoever wins that and then they needs to win out, win Bedlam and the Big 12 championship literally the next week against the same team. So real tall order, but I don't want them to split that series, whoever it will be. All right, uh, and then Georgia is the best. Georgia is going to win it all, basically, and they continue to prove that. They beat Missouri 43-6. to People saying they have the best defense ever. Uh, really, it just, it's Georgia's national championship to lose at this point. Uh, LSU and Bama have their rivalry game. I forget what it's called, but it's the equivalent of the Red River shootout. And Bama barely sc- scoots by LSU, which obviously... Now, I, I try and put myself in that shoes when I look at OU Texas, that's always a toss-up, no matter who, how good one team is or the other team is. And so it's always a close game because it's one of those deep-seated rivalries. I have to give them the same grace here. However, people always like to beg the question with OU Texas, so let's beg the question here. LSU, who's now 4-5, and five, 
and Bama, who's 8-1, and one, does that drop Bama stock at all? So here's the funny thing. Also, they're going off of the college football playoff rankings now, which they switch gears on me. This confuses everything because I don't, I'm, I guess I'm finding out. Help me. I need to get more educated on this. They don't release those every week. It's They do first release, second release, and then freaking third release. I don't know. So they're going off this initial release now, and so everyone's rankings like OU's up to eight, but the it's the freaking AP poll that gets updated every single week, and that's what I'm following. Why can't these two? I don't know. We need either the the playoff committee needs to when once they release once they need to release every single week and update them, or every two weeks. I don't know. I have no information on this, but I'm frustrated because now I'm having to look at two sets of numbers. Because here, Bama's ranked two, Michigan State's three, and Oregon's four. But in the AP poll, which I'm going to reference later, they're not. Ah, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. If you can't tell, anyways, Bama barely skates by, and then here we go. Michigan State falls from grace. First upset we're going to cover, and this is an upset to unranked Purdue, dubbed the Spoiler Makers. I can't take credit for that, but I also can't hate on that. What a apropos name, because now that is two wins this year against top five teams. Top five. According, well, if you're going off college football playoff rankings, before we were going off AP. But anyways, yeah, Michigan State falls from grace. Purdue is takes the the helm as king of as upset king this year, which we're seeing several teams try and really get in that upset vein where they only play when it's upset time. They're mediocre everywhere else, and but then when they're playing someone worth something, man, they show out. And Purdue did that here today. Uh, all right, and then now. Oh. Nobody cares, but Oregon beat Washington. Uh, I will just reiterate this. I will say this at nauseum. They are overranked at four in the college football playoff ranking. They're in the Pac-12. They got beat by garbage Stanford. Why are they number four? They should not be number four. Oh, they beat Ohio State first game of the season. Ohio State's clearly bounced back, and Oregon is clearly, I don't know, I guess they stayed okay. They deserve less than OU, in my opinion, to get in the college football playoff right now. And (laughs) they deserve less than OSU. Like, and maybe this is me just being old, old, like ultimately biased, but sure, that's what I'm here for. It's this is why this is my podcast. I'm allowed to be biased here, and that's what we're gonna do. So come at me with your if you're a Pac-12 fan, come at me. Give me your minute of fire on why Oregon should deserves this four ranking from the College Football Playoff Committee. That's such a long CFP. I'll just say the Playoff Committee, Playoff Peeps. Why do they deserve? They beat them 26 to 16. Uh, it's a significant enough win. I guess, you know, Washington mounted a scored only in the first. They scored nine of those points. So it was 20, you know, it was uh, 17 to nine, and then they scored nine. So in the fourth, so it really wasn't that close, but Oregon doesn't deserve it. All right, then we got Ohio State. Nebraska love, it seems to be gut checking people there. On one hand, they're the almost upset king because they're three and seven now, but then they decide to play Ohio State neck and neck, really. And make it real close, but then Ohio State pulls away to skate by twenty six to seventeen. Should that hurt their rankings? I don't really think so. You're gonna have tough games, and what's important is that you come at them and you win. And they won twenty six to seventeen, so they won by nine points, and that's two scores. That's significant enough for me. So they continue to roll. Cincinnati makes a case for why they actually don't deserve to be ranked as high as they are. And it says they're ranked six here. I'm so confused. Yeah, why that six ranking is actually probably more accurate. Managing to barely scoot by Tulsa. What the heck, man? The Golden Hurricanes can't be that vicious. Cincinnati, I'm pulling for you, but you're making you're making the case real hard, okay? You're making this real hard for me to make a solid case for you as to why you should s- jump into that top four. You're gonna be you can very easily be part of the New Year six, but I need you to be a part. Of the, I need you. I need the playoff to happen, right? But we'll see how they how they do next week. Michigan reestablishes footing. Trouncing Indiana 29-7. Oh, here we go. Other big update. So next upset we got is, turns out, so the Demon Deacons fall. And I, I found their Achilles heel, right? They've been week in, week out playing basketball games, meaning they have basketball scores. I don't know if they've had a game where they've scored less than 50. And if they have, it's been 49 or 48, right? They've even gotten up in the 60s and 70s, I think, once. So they're high-powered. Well, they should have abandoned that game plan. They should have known better to go try and play a basketball game on the football field against a basketball blue blood that is UNC. They lose. 
58 to 55. That is a true upset. Unranked North Carolina beats the Demon Deacons, taking them down. Sad fashion. I did like seeing them up. I like seeing these underdog teams, these random teams up in the rankings like that. So they fall, but ultimately, that's a it's a it's still an upset. You lost, but it was close, so you won't fall as much in that respect. On to another game nobody cares about. Notre Dame beats Navy 34-6. Cool. Next. Okay, back to another upset. TCU takes down Baylor 30-28 to to continue. We're seeing it all, all across all conferences this year. The, the, the carousel, the parody, which I enjoy. I think everybody beating everybody means everybody's a little bit better. Or you could say the best teams are a little bit, aren't as good as they normally are, which I don't like being going the cynic route. I like saying everyone's a little bit more better a little bit more better, a little bit more better. And it's more competitive. I think that's more fun. So four and five TCU drops Baylor to seven and two, uh, which now that does hurt OU's chances because Baylor won't be ranked as high, but we're seeing that the carousel of everyone beating everyone continues. Lots of teams are jumping on it and we're, we're seeing it everywhere. So get excited. But then here, here's that whole, what constitutes, what's a true upset versus the technical upset and the differences Here's where that comes into play. All right. Texas A&M and Auburn, uh, 14 ranked Texas A&M takes down 13 ranked Auburn. So on its face, first qualification, not a true upset or what I would deem a true upset. Then you have to consult the score and say, okay, it doesn't meet that qualification, but can it be a, but can it still meet the, the qualification for being one based upon the score? And that is where I want to bring up that that specific question for this specific game. 20 to 3 was the score. Auburn only got a field goal off. And that's something to be considered. You couldn't even score a touchdown that was in the first quarter. And Texas A&M went on a run late in the second half. I mean, it was 6 to 3 in the third quarter, and then they scored 14 points in the fourth. So, that would be your third uh to, to use inception terms, you're going into a third dream, dream within a dream within a dream. And our third look would be the breakdown of the game, the flow of the game. It was pretty tight up until the end. And those two quick scores, I don't know. I don't know how that went necessarily. So I will dub this only a technical upset. And if you want to dispute that, feel free to, but it's only a technical. They were one rank apart. So, I mean, you're neck and neck and you win 20 to three, but so you say, okay, well, let's look at the flow of the game. Ah, that was 14 in the last to really pull away. Otherwise it would have been six to three or even um, 13 to three. Right. And that's not enough for me. I think, I think that has to be like a, you score that in the first half, like you go up seven, three, 10 to three, 17 to three by halftime. And then you get another field goal. And so it's still hard fought. But at that point I would really, I would still consider it, but I think it's a fringe at best. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to cover those games cause they don't really matter. Then no, our next true upset is Arkansas, the Razorbacks, 6-3 and three now. Good job to them. Take down number 17, Mississippi State. So shout out to you, Aaron. Good job, Woo Pig. And Woo Pigs, I guess. I, I will forever maintain that uh, I think that's one of the worst rallying cries. But look, hey, do your thing. I didn't go there. I don't have to say it. Mississippi State kicker misses uh, three field goals in total, I think. And one of them being the final field goal to, to tie the game. Mississippi State made an epic, so I caught the end of this game, and they made an epic 21 seconds, and they drive three plays, they cover like 51 yards to get in field goal range, they have like three seconds left on the clock, it was incredible, really, shout out to Mike Leach, then the kicker misses his third field goal for the night, and uh, the next day, we hear Mike Leach announce, open tryouts for kicker, Oh. Because on one hand, it's like, you got to feel bad for a kid having a night like that. But at the same time, three in one night and then one... It's one thing if you just missed the game winner. And you were you were clean and the game winner's a little bit long and maybe there's a crosswind. But to do to, for it to be your third one that night, and I don't know what the other ones were, if they were chip shots or not, I mean, it's totally within his rights. Kicker, you have to have some serious mental fortitude to be a kicker. It's like you stand on the sideline. I know I've talked about this before. But you just stand over there, you kick, you do your own thing, come in for extra points, kick a field goal, and then... Every now and again, 
everything rides on you making a field goal. So it's like the most casual position you can play in football while simultaneously being the most intense position you can play in football, arguably speaking. So you have to be on both spectrums being ready, being made. You have to have nerves of steel, all right? I would I would take... I would, if I was a kicker, I would probably try and talk to Adam and Terry, or I would just study him. And that's, that's, because that man is probably the goat of clutch kicks through his time in Indy and in New England and wherever else he ended up. But yeah, so, so sad to see Mississippi State, but the parody continues in the SEC as well. Another upset we have, and this one, while being only by three points, is ranked versus unranked. Number 18, Kentucky falls to Tennessee 45 to 40. Two. So nothing really much to be said there on my part, except that more parody in the SEC. <laughs> uh, Illinois makes their case for being joining the the elite upsetters, uh, finding themselves another upset, still unranked at four and six, but upsetting number twenty Minnesota, which I know we were all really pulling for Minnesota. I mean, we've been following following them, watching them like hawks. Okay, like a hawk. I don't know. We've been watching them like a hawk, like hawks. Someone figure that out for me. We've been watching them real close, right? And Illinois takes them down 14 to 6, fighting Illini. What a stupid name. All right. <laughs> Wisconsin shows that they are capable of beating, not te- beating teams when they're not the underdog. Uh, and, and actually maybe finding their stride and regaining their confidence as being a real football team and a real contender. They're 21, and they took down Rutgers 52-3. to Now that's what I like to call a statement win. Good job, Badgers. Iowa continues to show that their slowdown is maybe more permanent than we had hoped, and that they belong probably in the bottom half of the top 25 rankings sitting at 22 where they're at only taking Northwestern down only beating them by five 17 to 12 Hawkeyes I don't know what happened I don't know if it's you if it's me if it's the other teams if it's Dupree whatever but I think y'all need to go to Tony Perkins fat camp just to get your minds right and get a little emotional abuse that way shout out to heavyweights I know that analogy doesn't make much sense but that's what we're here for um, Boise State, oh, this is another upset. Now, this one I don't like to count because it's no-name teams. So that brings up a third question. So going in, going through our qualifications, if it's, so you obviously look at the ranking, and okay, so then that's worth looking at. Then you look at the score, the score breakdown, and lastly, you have, something you have to consider is, who is it? Are they no-name teams that really, because to me, like those bottom like 18 to 25, most of the time are these, Eh, teams, whatever. You know, non-Power 5 teams a lot of times that are just doing their own thing, right? They're they're ranked and good for them in their school. I'm sure they get some extra money somehow, some way. But that's what we have here. Boise State upset. I can't even remember who it is, even though I'm looking right at it, but I just thought that was a good joke. And 40-14, to 14, they're unranked. They beat number 23, and it's a game you don't care about. They're doing their own thing. So I don't know. I'm I, On one hand, it's a true upset, right? Boise State is five and four, and this team was seven and three, and they take them down forty to fourteen. I mean, that's a whooping. But you're a fringe team at best, and Boise State was probably it would, if if our rankings went to thirty, they might be in there. They might be twenty twenty six to thirty, one of those ranked teams. So, I think it meets the qualifications from unranked and from score. But the fact that they're no name, however, that's a two to one ratio, so it does barely count as a true upset. Let me know your thoughts on that one as well. And that's all the games that matter as far as covering it. Make sure I got all my. So make sure I got all my notes here. Oh, yep. Okay, cool. So that was the scores from last week. Time to look at the rankings. I'm looking at AP because. The playoff committee is annoying. So, as far as AP goes, your top four remain the same. Georgia, Cincinnati, Bama, Oklahoma. So, notable movers. Oregon, Leapfrog, Ohio State to go to number five. I think that is bonkers uh, because Oregon lost the equivalent of Nebraska. Now, Oregon beat Ohio State. That's just a mess, okay? But I think when you – I don't know. To me, I think – 
you know this. I have no respect for the Pac-12. It's not a real Power 5 conference. Like, they're barely power at all, if anything. And Oregon's the best shot they got at anything. But number five? Eh, I don't know about that. Michigan State falls three spots to number eight. And then our notable small movers are Oklahoma State breaks top ten. And then you have A&M and Ole Miss kind of bumping up a few spots. Wake Forest falls out of the top ten. I, they might have been right on the fringe to 13. Uh, you got random teams moving up. Auburn falls all the way down to 16. Baylor falls all the way down to 18. So that's tough. Uh, Iowa doesn't move. Coastal Carolina fell, unfortunately. I think it's just because other things happened. Teams beat other teams. They fell one, but RIP to Coastal Carolina. I know we were hot to trot for them, and early in the season, they were looking good, and they just they got to get over that Appalachian Hill first, a.k.a. Appalachian State before they can make any sort of noise. But uh, let me know your thoughts on college football playoff rankings, where you think they stand. I think they're kind of garbage in my opinion. Uh, But those kind of remain the same. Just a friendly reminder, which, well, here's the stupid thing. They're not moving. They should move now because Michigan State was three, and they should be bounced out. Um, Like Wake Forest should be out of the top ten. I mean, you should have all this movement here, and I just, when's the next one coming? Can anyone tell me? Please. Okay. Notable games for next week. What to watch? All right. So, at Pittsburgh, who, by the way, I didn't cover them, but they scored in the 50s. So, if they look to do that again and have a basketball game, they're going up against UNC on Thursday, so tomorrow. And if they're looking to play a basketball game, my money's on UNC, so... Keep your eyes on that. Maybe not necessarily watch. I don't know who's on Thursday Night Football in the NFL, but it might be a good game. Pittsburgh is on the fringe. They're 25 right now. Oh, that's probably college football playoff ranking. I'm so mad right now. I want to murder everything, all right? Ah, Okay, but anyways, so I'm just going to ignore these rankings. Uh, Pittsburgh is a six and a half point favorite, but uh, I don't know if they score. I think if they score above 40 points, if the game goes above 40 points, UNC is going to win. I think if it stays below 40, Pittsburgh wins. There's an analysis for you. Cincinnati has got South Florida. They need to trounce two and seven South Florida. Uh, That's Friday night. If you're looking for something to see if come on Cincinnati, I'm pulling for you to crack in there. Uh, Annoying games not to worry about Alabama, New Mexico State. Yep. Michigan and Penn State, that'll be a fun rivalry game. Penn State, who is no longer ranked, at least not according to the playoff committee, and I don't think they cracked in again. They're 6-3 and three now. But Michigan, let's see if they can finally beat a good team. Didn't they play a couple weeks ago? The line is even, though. But we'll see. Come on, Michigan, are you going to get over that hump or not? This is going to be in your 11 a.m. slate. I would probably tune in, well, of course I would because I'm a Big 12 fan, but I will tune in to the OU-Baylor game, see if Baylor wants to bounce back, OU coming off a bye, hopefully they're extra fresh. Hopefully they can really stick it to Baylor since they lost to TCU, but I think it'll be a competitive game. Maybe they pull away at the end. Man, Auburn is going through the gauntlet. They got Mississippi State, who just lost, and they both just lost. That'll be interesting to see. Auburn got completely shut out. Mississippi State was still able to score, but if they've got a new fresh kicker, man, if I was at Mississippi State, and even though I'm not like awesome, I would go, I would like go and spend like a whole day practicing my kicking and go make my case to Mike Leach and be like, I need you to put air horns, flash, shoot me with a paintball gun, and I'll still make this kick, right? Just just to be that epic story. I want to be the next Invincible movie, aka Vince Papali. Then I become an NFL kicker and become the most clutch kicker in uh, next to Adam Vinatieri and boom. Awesome story, awesome movie. Unfortunately, I am almost 28, and that's probably not going to happen. But we can carry on. That's that's your 11 o'clock slate. It's pretty loaded. Purdue, the spoiler makers. Now, this is the 2.30 slate, also pretty loaded. And really, this is the game that, you, that we all should be watching. Ohio State, Purdue. It's in... Uh, it's the horseshoe in, in Columbus, and they are a 20-point favorite. But we all saw what happened to Michigan State. So Purdue, now two upsets over two top seven teams, or top five teams actually, in two weeks. They've already done two this season. But to go for three in two in two weeks, that's a tall order. But if there's ever a time to do it, it's now. 
So we'll see. I'm going to keep my eye on that. Hopefully get to watch that one. That should be a ton of fun. Uh, Minnesota and Iowa, I mean, they're both ranked, but we'll just see if Iowa bounces back and really trounces them or if it's kind of close and then all our suspicions are proved right. Michigan State, good luck against Maryland. I honestly don't know what to tell you anymore because I don't know if you are if you got mentally rocked. We'll see what your resolve and fortitude is made of. Then going into the evening, A&M and Ole Miss. Ooh, A&M, two big games in a row. Now you should be, according to the AP, ranked higher. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I think that'll be a good game, fun game to watch. We'll see if the parody continues in the SEC or if, or if A&M decides to kind of go on a run and beat two fellow ranked SEC teams and maybe kind of make their case to move up and move up in the standings. Other games, I guess watch out for Wake Forest and NC State. NC State, who's ranked in 7-2, and two, so Wake Forest is only two-point line. So if you're looking for basketball, which is college basketball starting soon, if you're looking for basketball and football still, that'll be your game to watch. TCU and Oklahoma State, I only highlight this one because of TCU's close upset. We'll see what they can do. I don't know, but we'll just have to see. And apparently their interim coach was Mike Gundy's high school football coach. So that's a fun little storyline. Oklahoma State, though, is a 13-point favorite. So watch out for that. Just maybe keep your eyes peeled on that. But that's really that's the only 7 o'clock game. Now, the, the evening slate isn't as good, so that would probably be my go-to. I guess Washington State at Oregon. We hope Washington State upsets Oregon, at least here on this podcast, and that's all that really matters. So that's next week's slate. Those are the games to watch. That's my uh, that's my take. I would love to get your takes, your minute of fire for your college team or as well as your pro team, and we can go ahead and shift gears now and move into the pros like so many of these college athletes hope to do. And start with the pigskin pick'em, which if you haven't joined, go ahead and join up. It's fun. Every week, I'm still garbage and proving to be that so. I'm still number three, and the gap is only widening. Skunk line, salty picks. He's 77-40. and 40. This last week, he scored 100. It's your boys, the number two. He's 76-44. and 44. He scored 90 this last week, and I scored 70 this last week, coming in at 72-48. and 48. So let's check. My picks, I continue to prove that I am atrocious at this. The only thing I got right was the Colts handle business on Thursday. They came out slinging. They're finding their stride. They're a real team. Now they did let the Jets kind of out of comeback. And the hilarious storyline around the Jets, I saw a funny video. A guy was like, he's a creative player. Mike White, Josh Johnson, or Joe Johnson, or something like that. And are, are there quarterbacks? I don't know where these quarterbacks are coming from. I think I think he's right. They're a creative player. But Zach Wilson also sitting there looking going, oh, crap. All these guys can do this, so I'm the problem. And that's never a fun place to be. But the Jets tried him out of comeback. Still lost. Got that pick right. Thank goodness. Then, I think in a game that surprised everyone, uh, I'm going to make a hot take here. Odell was the problem with Baker Mayfield because they – trounced the Bengals 41 to 16 I picked the Bengals most people did the Browns were struggling maybe Odell's a cancer maybe his locker room his attitude his whatever you want to call it his ego his personality just over time while he comes in and you get hype if things don't go right or as planned I think then it becomes quickly toxic right maybe he's like potassium you you want you want that in your diet but then if you if you go overboard and get too much, guess what? It becomes lethal, and maybe that's true. I don't know. Everyone's trying to blame Baker. Where do you stand on that whole feud? Is it Baker's fault he wasn't hitting Odell? Because I've seen clips where he didn't hit him, but at the same time, a couple of them, it's like he made a good play. Like he wasn't looking long. He's not. He's trying to make smart plays, not necessarily bomb plays. And maybe that's hurt. Maybe that hurts their offense a little bit. But I I I more or less stand by Baker because look at what the Browns have become. And I think it's Stump Mitchell and the two-headed monster in the backfield in the form of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb really has been to thank for that and their defense and their O-line. But then Baker is actually a real quarterback who's been afforded the chance and opportunity to be on a good Browns team that's actually kind of put together as a decent system, and he's proven to do well. So whereas Odell, look at his last five years, right? Big catch, made his name in New York. Then things kind of went sideways. He ended up... I'm going to call it temper tantrum his way out of there. And really, I lost a lot of my personal fandom. I was like, ah, he's, it's, it, the superstardom's getting to your head, and you see this happen, right? And become drama queens, in my opinion. 
And then he goes to the Browns and things get better. But then he's injured a couple years in a row and not really his full health. And then finally he supposedly is able to come back and then all of a sudden they release him. Which makes me say, you know what? I think there were more problems than just on-field performance that we didn't see. And now he's, I'm only one to be signed for a contender. And the best joke I saw about that was he said, Odell Beckham agrees to sign with the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. However, the, the Buccaneers do not agree to sign with Odell. And I was like, oh, I love that. I love that. But, yeah, what happened? I don't know. The Bengals, they were seeing ghosts. Now, my favorite game of the week is the Broncos and Cowboys. I idiotically picked the Cowboys in the pick because I was trying to make smart picks. And, of course, I am falling trapped to the Cowboys. Ugh. And as not a fan, as I want to pick against them every week, they destroyed them. 30-16 to 16 doesn't do it justice. The Broncos took it to them. And it was incredible. And they had Dak. They had everybody. They got, first of all, it was super entertaining. In the first, like, 10 minutes, there was, like, three, four, fourth down go-for-its like fourth and short, and they went for it and like didn't get it. Not just, not necessarily Dallas, but just in general there were those. It was awesome. But, yeah, I picked that one completely wrong, along with 96% of people. But Dallas loses, and I always love seeing that. Uh, Miami Dolphins take down the Houston Texans. Nothing much doing there. Picked that one, right? And the classic rivalry that, you know, the Saints versus the Falcons. And even though the Falcons are trash, the Falcons showed up and won by two, 27-25. 86% of us picked New Orleans, and we were wrong. I'm curious. I feel bad for Taysom Hill. That man is the gadget player, also technically a quarterback, but yet never seems to get a real shot. They bring in Trevor Simeon to do that, and that's he's kind of falling victim to like the Chris Farley typecasting, right? Where it's like, no, this is what you do. You're not a real quarterback. And it's like, I almost want to see him play quarterback, and I feel like he could, but... Once again, they see him a lot more. Maybe they know that he can't, but maybe if they have him busy, too busy doing other stuff, he doesn't get proper time in at quarterback. Give him one week where he's just all quarterback focused and give him a shot. But that's my opinion because I really don't think Trevor Simeon's the dude, well, at least on a backup, because Jameis is done for the year, so they got to figure some stuff out. Uh, another surprise, New York Giants decide to beat the Las Vegas Raiders. 23 to 16. I mean, I'm not surprised the Vegas and doing Vegas stuff, but it's really the Giants. And then I find out Daniel Jones only threw for like 100 yards or something like that. And I was like, huh. So it's that sweet spot where he's not trying to do too much, but he does a little bit of quarterbacking and it turns out the team succeeds. Also, they still don't have Saquon. So interesting conversation here. Uh, Saquon's hitting that point in his career where he's had so many injuries and so many problems that it's like, crap. Crap, he's hitting that point that Carson Wentz hit at Philly's last season and a half where he was injured, and you're just like, I don't know if this guy's going to pan out. Saquon's coming real close to that cliff right now where he could fall off. I hope the best for him. I hope he comes back and is amazing because I love seeing incredible running backs. We all do, especially one like Saquon. So, yeah, New York, I don't know what the heck you're doing. Nobody knows what the heck you're doing. I guess good job on the win. I don't know. You're losing the draft pick race. It only hurts your stock, but whatever. The Pats destroy Carolinas. Car- Carolinas, <laughs> Carolina, twenty-four to six. Carolina is fallen from grace. They, everyone thought I picked up Sam Darnold in fantasy mistake, and I know a lot of people did. Turns out that they they got they got some problems. People were like Christian McCaffrey, and I was like, I don't know the way they played without him. I don't think he's gonna come back and fix all those problems. I think they got a lot more problems, and then they're going against a Bill Belichick defense that first week. With the problems they're having without him, now if if you shut down Christian, guess what? Those other problems are going to be what you have to deal with. So, yeah, the Pats destroy him, though. Everyone get nervous. They're 5-4. and four. We're coming into November. Everyone knows Bill Belichick says football doesn't start till November. Watch out. It seems that Mac Jones has found his stride the last few weeks. Uh, keep your eye on the Patriots. They're going to be sneaky. Most surpri- oh, I said most surprising on the Cowboys, but this one is probably more surprising. Buffalo Bills lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars 6-9. to Nice, as some of you might say. Yeah, so nobody got that pick, right? That was 99% pick the Bills. I guess it's every great team has one trap game a year. That's what I'm going to chalk this up to, okay? They, it was just they got the bad game out of the way. Now they can go back to normal being the Bills. Ravens and Vikings. Vikings looked like they were going to win. Ravens made an epic comeback. Lamar Jackson's a real deal. The Vikings also are, I don't know, they're just the Vikings. Uh, Same old, same old at this point. 
But the Ravens are the real deal. 34-31. I'm glad I picked him. I was nervous. And then I finally picked right for my team, meaning I picked against my team. But they made it competitive. 27-24. to Eagles lose to the Chargers. Justin Herbert. Chargers bounced back. Good win they needed. We all know I'm a fan of Justin Herbert. Like the kid. And they beat the Eagles, as they should, but played them a little bit too close to make me consider that the Chargers might be a playoff team. And the Eagles, I don't know. I don't know what you guys are doing, okay? I don't know what we're doing. Beside now Jalen's going to look good for three weeks, and we're going to be like, oh, see? Everyone's going to be like, oh, see? He was our quarterback. What do you know? Just stay bad. Don't watch his game closely. Just because the team is playing well, and he looks really good. Is he actually really good, or is it he, life got easier for him? Because I still want to see him do elite quarterback play, not just start making slightly better decisions. Now, granted, I didn't watch this game. I don't think this game was in my area, so I didn't get it. I can go back and watch the highlights, I guess. But that's my minute of fire on my team. Uh, Packers, I idiotically picked them, and then you can't change. This is annoying. You should be able to go back and forth and change at least once if you pick prior to that week starting officially. Like if you pick prior to Thursday night football, like Thursday at noon, let's say. Because I accidentally picked the Packers and then from not five minutes later, I remembered they have Jordan Love against the Chiefs. Granted, the Chiefs only won 13-7. to They are still broken in my opinion. But the Packers are more broken with Aaron Rodgers. And that whole debacle, which we're at 40 minutes, so I'm not going to get into. But... Some people are more outraged about this Aaron Rodgers little mishap. Also, I think it's stupid and unfair that we people get extra spotlight when they're unvaccinated and get COVID. When we see all year, we've seen guys get put on the COVID list because guess what? You still catch it when you're vaccinated, you Hanyaks. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I may I may not be talking to you, but if the shoe fits, I guess I'm talking to you. So uh, that's one thing that's annoying because. It feels like this has taken over the news cycle over, you know, Henry Ruggs killing someone driving extremely uh, fast and reckless. And you see other incidents that are much more severe and they get a lot more sympathy when it's like when Aaron Rodgers decides hey, he happens to get COVID and people are like, he's not vaccinated. He's the problem. And it's like, nah, man, it's still spreading no matter what with everyone being vaccinated. So shut your face. The Chiefs, the, what's more important is the Chiefs are broken because only 62% picked them. In this game. Now, that might have been picked before Aaron Rodgers was listed as out, but the Cardinals proved that systematically they are a good team as Colt McCoy leads them to a 31 17 victory over the 49ers. So, no, Kyler shouldn't be worried about his job. He's fine. Hope he gets back to healthy. Cardinals, I'm pulling for you to get to the Super Bowl, at least the conference championship. And, man, so many entertaining games. So, don't pick against the Titans because they are the real deal. They came out swinging against the Rams. We saw two weeks in a row, we saw the quarter, a quarterback being tackled in the zone, just chunk it, throw an interception. This one wasn't a pick six, but it was a pick down to the two-yard line, and they immediately scored. Matthew Stafford pulled a Carson Wentz from the week before. First of all, two quarterbacks doing that two weeks in a row. It's like when you have the shining example and then you find yourself in that situation, I guess now he can have more sympathy for Carson saying, oh, I, I know the exact feeling. And I think a lot of you other quarterbacks would have done the same idiotic thing. But here we are, right? So that happened. But the Rams ended up kind of mounting a comeback where they lost 28-16. to And this game was, it was like uh, that Super Bowl... I guess with the Panthers or, oh man, I'm trying to remember now. Was it the Panthers-Broncos or something like that? Or maybe the Broncos made it to the Super Bowl and then they lost the Patriots because they like started out with a snap over Peyton's head and almost went back down to the end zone and like it was over before it started. That was this game. And on Monday night, we had Chicago-Pittsburgh 29-27, so way closer than it seemed because at first Pittsburgh was having their sweet way with Chicago. But... They ultimately won. I didn't. I only saw the first part of it, so I'm a little disappointed I didn't see that cool comeback. So I don't know if Pittsburgh really slowed down or if Chicago actually kind of found their stride, started making real, taking real shots and making progress. But I at least got that pick right, so that's all I really care about. Oh, I didn't get the Rams pick right. So, yeah, rough week for me. Let's have a look-see at next week and see what we have to look forward to. 
Ooh, Thursday night. Mm, I think I might go watch college football instead. Baltimore Ravens and Miami Dolphins. Yeah, 97% of us are going to pick Baltimore. Hopefully they don't have to set it up as a comeback again because you can't keep doing that week in, week out. Miami, I don't know what to make of you. You're weird. Oh, and then another enigma. Atlanta and Dallas. Atlanta coming off a hot win. Dallas coming off a hard loss. In Dallas, I mean... I kind of want to pick Atlanta along with the 7% of us, 7% of you, but Dallas might have a bounce back. I'm I'm pulling for Cordero Patterson over here, Matty Ice to ice him. I think it'll come back to like, I hope it comes out like a field goal or something and Dallas misses, Zerloin pulls, a, goes full Zerloin and shanks one or something and comes back to bite him in the butt. That's what I'm hoping for. Come on, Dallas lose. New Orleans and Tennessee. I've learned, do not pick against Tennessee. 85% of us are picking Tennessee. And now here's another trap game. Jacksonville feeling good. Coming off that big win. That fluke win, really. Against the Colts. I'm picking the Colts. We know I'm a fan of Farson Wentz. (laughs) Carson Wentz, so he's getting my pick. Cleveland, New England. Wow, 60-44 Cleveland. I mean, that was a statement win. But it's Bill Belichick's defense. I'm going to go with Cleveland, though. I'm going to go with them this this week. If it was three weeks down the road, I don't know. They're both 5-4. and four. That's a game to watch. Crap, I don't think I'll get that. Unless, hold on, is that on CBS? That's the CBS game. Okay, if we get to... So I, w- I possibly can get that in this region. Good, if you're in the middle of the country. You're in Oklahoma. Bills, Jets. Man, Bills... Clearly, you lost some faith because only 98% picked the Bills instead of 99 opposed to last week. But no, really, they should bounce back and be fine. The Jets might kind of play them close, though, or at least score some points. That's weird. They've, they've weirdly been good. Detroit, who lost last week in the bye. JK, that was just a really funny joke. It was like bye week 47, Detroit 38. And I laughed real hard at it. Uh, the 0-8 Detroit Lions take on Pittsburgh. They're going to get trounced, but still 5% believe in Detroit? Whatever. No, Pittsburgh. Oh, wow, the Washington football team and Buccaneers are back. Uh, Tampa Bay and Washington, 98% for Tampa Bay, and I am in that. Uh, Washington, I've forgot all about. forgot you were even in the league, really, at this point. But there you are. Panthers at Cardinals, the 4-5 and five Panthers. Who is, that's a way better record than it should be, but only because they started so hot. Cardinals, is Kyler going to be back? I don't know, but he should win. They should win. He should win. Kyler, hold on. Let's go! Now, I could cut that out, but for those of you who don't know how hard I sneeze, I turned to the left and sneezed, like downward, away from the mic. So sorry if I blew your eardrums, but uh, Cardinals are going to win. 97% agree. Vikings, Chargers. I don't know what to do with this game. Because the Vikings are good enough that I could see them winning, and the Chargers are bad enough that I could see them losing. But I know what to do with this game. Justin Herbert. My boy. So Chargers should take that one. Eagles, Broncos. I'm um, both of you really, really confuse me. It's in Mile High Stadium, so I'm going to give that edge to the Broncos. The Eagles are going to be winded, and while Jalen Hurts may be able to throw it further, the it's going to mess with his accuracy that he doesn't really have in terms of the deep ball. But Eagles, I guess, surprise me. Go win. Twenty nine percent pick them. But I'm not in that 29%. I don't know. Green Bay and Seattle. Jordan Love, Green Bay. Now Russell Wilson supposedly is returning. So everyone's picking Green Bay, though. Oh, and Seattle has been really struggling. This is a hard pick. Majority pick Green Bay, 83%. I'm going to go with him. All right. Oh, because I guess Aaron might be back, technically. He might. Or he, uh, he might be. Even if he's cleared Saturday. I think that's more than enough. He's more than good enough to be able to, yeah, just put him in for Saturday. So he'll be doing that. But Chiefs, Raiders, as much as it should be clear-cut for the Chiefs, they are broken. And the Raiders doing Raider stuff. So they could come out and just show out or fall apart. But with Henry Henry Rugg stuff, they got a lot of drama. Saw a meme, or not a meme, but a picture about, like, what, their 2020 picks and, like, none of them are on the team. One guy is still playing. Everyone got cut or had had some incident and was released or whatever. I'm going to pick the Chiefs. 63% of us did, so don't make me a liar. 
And finally, Monday night, a game. We got Monday night Manning. Manning, it's back. So this game will be very entertaining for that reason. But otherwise, I wouldn't really care to watch it. Los Angeles and San Francisco. I'm picking Los Angeles. They'll bounce back. We're going to have 48 points. This is going to be the tiebreaker. So the total points, it'll probably be more than that. The Rams, who are proving to be quite good and that Jared Goff was the problem. We were all right. Give him a real quarterback, and they make it happen. So, oh, I guess there's no Giants game, Connor? They're on a bye. Hmm. Well, let's still get your prediction because you sent it in for this week. So here's Connor's prediction for the Giants on their bye week. They are going to lose this game. There you have it, folks, straight from the Giants fan mouth. Even on their bye week, they're going to manage to lose, just like the Detroit Lions did in fantastic fashion last week. Remember, if you want to send in your minute of fire or your team's predictions, college or professional, to just record a simple voice memo, or you could email it and uh, type it out, and I'll do it that way, but send it in, and uh, we'll play them when we come across your team right here on the Rambling Vikings, so you can be a part of the analysis and conversation. But that should do it for this week, our sports episode, going a little bit long. Remember, if you like the mega episode for sports on Wednesdays, no matter what, sports is going to be Wednesdays currently. If you like the mega episode or you want to break it up, you want to see me start talking about NBA, haven't really been tracking that much, college basketball is coming up, so might start watching that, uh, keeping up with some of that, at least keeping up with some of the Stories and headlines, it's a lot for me personally, and that's a lot of episodes, and that could be, you know, four episodes in one day. I'd prefer one mega episode, but let me know what you like. Do you like the one single episode, get it all out of the way, or would you like, oh, you know, I just want to hear about basketball, which in the description I could put timestamps and you could just skip to that point. That may be an option. Let me know anything and everything. Don't forget to keep it PDFG, Never, and don't be afraid to ride the lightning, but go check out the trailer. For the Flamin' Hot Fiesta, which airs in two days, November 12th, Friday. Go to YouTube, Rumble, or if you follow us on Facebook and Instagram, you'll see the link to get to that. And go check out the Flamin' Hot Fiesta, where I eat, or I eat, ooh, I, don't, I don't eat, don't worry, it wasn't that crazy. I drink the Flamin' Hot Mountain Dew and have a whole fiesta with all its flaming hot brethren, all the different foods, and even make one special homemade dish. It, it was a ton of fun to do. So check out the trailer to get an idea of what you're in for, and then go check out that episode. The first ever video edition, there will not be an audio pod on Friday. It will only be that video. I don't think it's worth it to rip the audio and just post the audio. I think you will lose so much, and it won't be entertaining to listen to at all. Really, I mean, you might get my analysis, but the visual is a big, big part of it. Now, if you think, if you want me to rip the audio, I could rip the audio just for you and post it. But if, if enough of you say, hey, we want just the audio, we'll just listen to it. First of all, you're Hanyak. Second of all, thank you. Third of all, I guess I will. If enough you push hard enough, you can convince this Hanyak, your head Hanyak. So, but that does it for the sports edition of the Ramming Viking podcast. Remember to chant. If you find yourself at a game, don't forget uh, everyone's favorite chant right now. Let's go, Brandon. Be sure to cheer them on no matter what game or what sport you are watching. Keep it PDFG. Send in your minute of fire for next week. Hope you guys have a great weekend. We will see you next time on video right here at Flaming Flaming Viking. Wow, maybe that should be the name of the podcast. The Flaming Viking Podcast. That might think that might make people think I'm a gay po- I'm a gay Viking, though. Definitely not. Okay, changed my mind on that one. But right here on the Rambling Viking Podcast, the first video edition, check out the Flaming Hot Fiesta this Friday, November 12th. We will see you there. This is your head, Hanyak, signing off.